Welcome to A Well-Cared-For Human, the podcast that tries to convince you that you are 100% normal and an even better than okay example of the human species, despite the fact that sometimes we feel like the craziest, most incapable, or worthless creatures on the face of this planet. I'm Corey, an author, a creative, and the host of the show. Whatever you're bringing to the table today, I hope this episode proves to be a dose of inspiration for you on your quest to become a well-cared-for human. You can find the episode show notes, your free wellness blueprint, and more at awellcaredforhuman.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Hello humans, it's your host Corey, and today I want to talk about gratitude. And I'll start off by being very honest that early in my healing adventure when something terrible would happen, like my mom ending up in jail or being bullied or wrecking my car or getting dumped, really any crisis, pick a crisis, often very well-meaning people would say something like, look on the bright side or count your blessings or be grateful that X, Y, or Z didn't happen. And essentially what they were trying to tell me is to be grateful. Something terrible happens, and it's, Corey, you should be grateful. The only problem is that it's really hard to be grateful when you're in a lot of pain. When the world is really dark and grim, it can feel downright impossible to look at the bright side. And sure, I can recognize that I wasn't born in the slums of India. I have a fully functioning body, decent health. I'm not homeless. Of course I can look at the state of the world, do the math, and realize I could have been born in far dire circumstances. As bad as things were, they could have been a lot worse for me. But when you're in pain, you don't want to hear, be grateful. When your heart is broken, when your life is falling apart, when you're frustrated with where you are or who you are, be grateful just sounds like another one of those toxic positivity platitudes that people like to throw around in order to smooth things over. And that's how I felt for a very long time. However, my feelings have since changed. Now I believe that there are many practical benefits to working with gratitude. If we treat gratitude like a skill, as a habit, we can view it as something to get good at, with practice, and then it becomes a superpower. I also hold the position that gratitude is just another word for happiness. The more comfortable I am being grateful, the more comfortable I am with being happy. Gratitude is a good counterbalance for negative habits like catastrophizing, which I talked about before, and the tendency to expect the worst, or negative habits like worrying, which we develop to keep ourselves safe. Gratitude can help us relax and be present. It makes us more resilient to change and difficulty. If something difficult happens and your habit is to react to the situation with gratitude, not only will it make the situation easier to bear, but it will empower you to have stronger mastery over your energy, giving you that ability to shift from a tight negative space in your mind to a more expansive positive one, for example. And the more you practice gratitude, the more confident you'll be in your ability to be okay no matter what happens to you, and your ability to pull through something stronger and better than you were before. There's also a connection between gratitude and being fully present in life. When we worry or stress or obsess about how things aren't the way they should be, we're usually living in the future. Or if we're struggling with regrets or guilt, then we're living in the past. But gratitude keeps us in the present, 
and we can really only solve our problems when we are in the present moment, with those problems. Joy also exists in the present moment, so we could also say that gratitude is a gateway to joy. In fact, it's not so different from the happiness advantage that I mentioned in an earlier episode when I talked about Sean Aker's happiness TED Talk. I'll put the link to that video in the episode description if you want to revisit it again. But in short, what he says is, quote, It's not necessarily reality that shapes us, but the lens through which your brain views the world that shapes your reality. And here's what I mean by that. My best example of how having a grateful lens is a superpower and how it gives you a wonderful advantage in dealing with life. If you've listened to the Who Killed My Mother podcast, then you already know the story of my mother's death. You know why I believe she was murdered. You know who I think did it and why he did it. So I won't recount the entire story here, but I will focus instead on what happened after. Because my mother died under mysterious circumstances, I wanted answers. I needed to understand this bizarre, life-shattering event. So I started digging. I didn't just comb through the evidence, the property records, the health records, the autopsy, and so on. And I didn't just speak to the detective and the medical examiner. I also spoke to the people who knew her in her past. And through those interviews, I learned more about my mother and I came to understand her, her mental illness, and everything that happened to her, and why our relationship was the way it was, why things had been so difficult between us. If my mother had died peacefully in her sleep 10 or 20 years down the road, I don't believe that I would have been so desperate for answers and resolution. But because she died the way she died, and because I needed answers, I couldn't stop until I got them. Before my mother's death, I had a lot of pain because of our relationship. When I was younger and at her mercy because she was my caregiver, I was directly affected by everything she did or didn't do. Every time she got drunk or did drugs, every time she got arrested or disappeared or beat someone up, every time she didn't show up for something. And then when I got older, even after I decided to choose myself to break out of our codependent cycles and remove myself from the situation, there was still so much heartbreak. Because even after I distanced myself, it was still really hard to watch someone I loved try to destroy herself on every level, mentally, physically, psychologically. And I hated how helpless I felt. The worst of it being the day that I got the phone call to come to Vanderbilt Hospital because they didn't know if my mother was going to live through the night. And so I show up, I go into this dark room to see her, and she's got her head wrapped in a gauze and a drain in the side of her skull that keeps the blood from drowning her and killing her, and she can't even speak. And all of this is because her brother tried to cave her skull in with a glass ashtray. And then there's a couple weeks later when I'm shaving the last of her beautiful blonde hair off in the bathroom at the rehabilitation center, and I have a million of these terrible, heart-wrenching experiences with her. And every single one of those experiences felt personal. Every time something happened, every time my mother chose drugs or alcohol or self-destruction instead of choosing to be my mom, instead of choosing to be there for me, it left me with a lot of hurt. But because she died the way she died, and because it drove me to start hunting for answers, I was able to learn things about my mother that totally changed how I saw her, It totally changed my understanding of her life, of her experiences. I was able to contextualize her in a way and see her more clearly than I ever had before. It completely rewrote my history with her. 
This newfound understanding changed everything. All the hurt that I had been carrying in my heart for so long disappeared. And I was able to make this hurt disappear because I had, at this point, developed enough of a gratitude ability, enough of a skill level with gratitude. Because gratitude really is just a habit that we can develop with time and patience and practice. And because I had already made a few efforts to be grateful in my life, I was able to use my gratitude at a very crucial moment at this critical crossroads and to be able to be grateful for something even as horrible as her murder. Because no one's going to say, I'm grateful my mother was murdered. But I can say that I'm glad she died the way she died, even though it was a pretty wretched way to go. It was a terrible end to a very sad and difficult life. But I was able to take something so dark, something that could have broken me as a person because I could have used this outcome, her murder, as the means to punish myself for the rest of my life. I could have been telling myself, see, this is your fault. If you hadn't given up on her, she wouldn't have died like this. You should have done more for her. It just proves that you're a horrible, selfish person. But I didn't do that. Instead, as morbid as it sounds, I found a way to be grateful that I was given this chance to heal all of the bad blood between us. When I think of my mother today, all I feel for her is love. I miss her, and of course I wish her life had been easier, but I have forgiven her for everything. And all that's left in me is this deep, free-flowing, unobstructed love. But how did I get there? How did I develop enough skill, enough of a gratitude habit, that I was able to use it at such a difficult time in my life. And before I break it down, let me just say that no one needs to perfect gratitude. For you perfectionists out there, this is not a challenge to go out there and become the best person at doing gratitude ever. I am not grateful all of the time. Even after this transformative experience, I still have emotions. Emotions still have energy to them, and they have a current and I can get just as wrapped up and swept away by my feelings and thoughts as anybody else. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to practice it enough that you can reach a certain threshold so that, like me, when you catch yourself being ungrateful, you know how to bring yourself back. It's a muscle that I know how to work now, and all it took for me to develop that muscle was commitment and practice. And that's why I like that it's called a gratitude practice because that feels really honest and accurate to me. It is something that you practice. So what does a gratitude practice look like? What are the things that helped me to develop a habit of gratitude? I've got five suggestions. Of course, number one is meditation. There's a gratitude meditation that I talk about in episode two, so you can always revisit that. There's also journaling, which helped me to develop gratitude. For a while, I kept a gratitude journal, which was just a list of things that I enjoyed. I would jot something down when it made me happy or when I had a positive experience, things that I was just glad existed in the world, and I could reread that list whenever I was feeling down or stressed. Sean Acor in his TED Talk also mentions how journaling about a positive experience that you've had in the last 24 hours allows you to relive that experience. I did try it and found it helpful, but would argue that it doesn't have to be something that happened in the 24-hour window. You can relive any positive moment from your life that you want. Apart from meditation and journaling, my third suggestion is to be present. Practice mindfulness, because that's also an opportunity to be grateful. 
Enjoy that meal you're eating. Really taste it. Be glad that you have it. Be present in your body. If your body doesn't hurt you that day, be glad your body isn't giving you trouble, that it isn't giving you grief. Touch your body and be glad you have a body. And I'm not saying you have to get freaky here. I'm just saying that if you place your hand over your heart and you feel your heart beating, think, I'm here. I am alive. By some cosmic chance, I am on a rock hurling through space into oblivion, which is kind of amazing when you think about it. And I get to have this experience, this human experience. And it's a temporary experience. We are not here for very long. We are the smallest of blips on the radar of time. And if I can enjoy this life, this fluke of a passing dream, it starts to feel a little bit magical if I just take all the pressure off of myself. So just be present with yourself and be glad for even the small moments that are happening for you, that are unfolding. It doesn't have to be anything grand. Number four is affirmations, which are also a great way to express gratitude. Only you will know what words mean anything to you, words that you will say that will make you feel that connected, expansive feeling, like a peace and joy feeling. But a few that I've used in the past that were helpful was, I am so grateful for my body. I am so grateful for this new day, which I would say in the morning. Or before bed, I might say, I'm so grateful for this chance to rest. And you can just kind of wander around your day saying things that you're grateful for. I am so grateful for this comfy chair. I am so grateful for this delicious orange. I am so grateful for the fact that it's sunshine and a blue sky today and not thunderstorms and rain. Or maybe I'm so grateful it's raining today. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. But usually I end up saying I'm grateful for whatever it is I'm struggling to be grateful for. I usually have an affirmation for that. So when I didn't love my body... Right when I would look at it in the mirror and I hated everything about it, I would tell myself, I am so grateful for this body. And I just kept saying it until it became true. Another powerful affirmation that I really like, it's going to sound strange, but it was, this is it. That's the whole, <laughs> that's the whole affirmation. Three words. This is it. Which I know sounds weird, but when I say this is it, I get this strong sensation of presence, of satisfaction. Somehow it connects me to the idea that I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to push and strive and struggle. I'm enough, just as I am. This moment is exactly what I've been working for, and I'm finally here. I'm right where I need to be. This is everything I need. This is it. This is it. And I just feel really good when I say it. So find whatever words resonate with you, whatever comes up for you, and you'll know you'll know you have the right words when you say them because you'll feel something in your body. So go with that. And lastly, number five, my suggestion is to say thank you. Saying thank you is an amazing practice. Whenever I spend money or pay a bill, instead of being like, oh my God, I'm so broke, I say thank you to my money in order to be grateful that I can pay my bills. When I see people in the street or in their cars, I say thank you for being here. When someone does something nice, of course I thank them. Or when things go my way, again, I try to say thank you. But it's also important to say thank you whenever less than desirable outcomes happen. For example, consider Ariana Grande's Thank You Next song, in which she thanks all of her exes, even though those relationships didn't work out. And that makes sense because sometimes our most painful experiences have the most to teach us. 
They make us stronger. They make us more loving and healthy and compassionate and open-hearted. And so we can be grateful and thankful for those experiences. We can say thank you. We can do a kind of metaphorical bow to those moments in our lives. And in connection to that, there's a Buddhist parable that I like about a Zen master, Sono, who taught her students one thing, and that was to say, thank you for everything. I have no complaints whatsoever. And to say that affirmation in every circumstance, no matter if what we encounter is positive or negative, if we have a habit of saying, thank you, thank you for everything, we will find peace and healing. So that's it for this week. I really hope this episode was helpful and that you found something useful, and I'll be back next week to talk about boundaries and why saying no is actually a wonderful form of self-care. This episode of A Well-Cared-For Human was written and produced by me, Corey Marie. The music was by Late Night Feeler and Esther Abrami. If you like what I'm doing here, please consider visiting my Patreon. For as little as a dollar a month, you get early ad-free access to the episodes, as well as a monthly patrons-only Q&A, bonus videos, and more. Not to mention that your Patreon support lets me know that you find value in the show and want it to continue. You can find me on Patreon by visiting www.patreon.com forward slash Marie. If you can't support the show financially, that is okay. You can still subscribe to the show, leave a review of the show, and recommend the show to your friends, not just the neurotic ones. All of this helps so much. And as always, thank you for listening.